0: Today's episode of Setting the Edge is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash settingedge. That's audibletrial.com slash settingedge. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash settingedge.
1: Episode 61 of the Send the Edge podcast. I'm your host, Justin Moschetti. You can find me on Twitter at G-U-M-O-S-Q. And I'm here with my brother, Charles McDonald. You can find him on Twitter at 4 Verts. my hermano. Say what's up to people, Charles.
0: What's up? We are uh, back after a prolonged holiday break. Uh, we, we honestly did try to record last week, but it was just too hectic with, you know, I guess, being around family and stuff for Thanksgiving. But we are back with our week 13 picks. Uh I can't believe the season's almost over. I'm, like, bittersweet about it because, I mean, I'm kind of excited what the Falcons are going to do if, in the postseason if they can get there. But then we're about to, like, dive into, I I think, one of the worst draft seasons that we're ever going to have.
1: Well, so I've been looking into defensive linemen, and you're going to call me nerdy for this because you've seen... How many defensive linemen can you name in college football right now?
0: Uh, so we got Hurst, Wilkins, Farrell... Uh, Hercules, Matafa, and uh, the two Bama guys, Deron Payne and Deshaun Hand. That's all I got. Okay, so you didn't even get Bradley Chubb, who might be the
1: number one pick. So oh, perfect. yeah. I forgot about him. <laughs> That's exactly what we need. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like 30 guys in, and there are a bunch of underrated guys that people just aren't paying attention to, and Christian Wilkins isn't actually any good. But I, I think this draft class is going to have a bunch of risers in it, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not looking forward to Because, you know, like all
0: – all of this draft season is going to be Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson, and yeah, I, I
1: can't. Oh, Josh Allen too. Don't don't think Josh Allen, and then we're going to get the Josh Like we're going to get, we're going to have two sides of things where it's like Baker Mayfield talks too much and Josh Rosen talks too little, or like aren't aren't vocal enough on the field. You know what I mean? Yeah, none, none just, of the takes are going to be coherent. I I don't want I don't want any parts in any conversation about the attitude of quarterbacks, to be totally honest. So,
0: I I mean, it's 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 already it's not even December yet and I'm already exhausted of it. But uh, let's jump into these picks. And the first game is the Thursday night game. The Washington Redskins at the Dallas Cowboys. The Redskins are a two point road favorite and we were both on the Cowboys I just don't trust I just don't trust Washington as a road favorite and and that's pretty much it for me
1: yeah um so both of these teams are coming off of extended rest obviously uh they both played in uh Thanksgiving games but when you're watching I mean Redskins Giants
0: wait it's not an extended rest it's just a normal week right
1: oh I guess yeah because they're playing on Thursday back to that's a weird yeah that's a weird setup actually um but uh when you were watching Washington New York Giants, because I, I assume that at that point at night there was nothing else to, I mean TV, TVs are basically on football at that point of Thanksgiving the yeah. night game. Um, I felt like I was being held fucking hostage. Other I than mean, like samaji P Ryan, I think had had a good game. I think that's who it was. The volume was off on the game, but
0: I don't know. Uh, it was one of the most like least fun times I've ever had watching football and. Uh, the only reason why I didn't change the channel is because my stomach was just so full of alcohol and food that I, I just could not move. But, yeah, that was one of the worst football games I've ever watched, and I, I just really, really hope that this Dallas-Washington game is better than that was because that was excruciatingly bad.
1: Yeah, and this game doesn't really have any... I mean, you would probably have assumed... At this point, it would have been... I mean, Ezekiel Elliott would have come back yeah. a long time ago, right? So, like, you you would have thought that this would have been... You know Dallas kind of kicking into the prime, uh, the peak of their season, I guess. But both of these teams have six losses. Uh, this six seed in the NFC right now has three losses, so it's not like this game, unless just fucking chaos breaks out in the in, in the NFC to end the year. Um, this game shouldn't have any playoff implications at all. So this is just football for the sake of football with, you know, backup running backs in. I guess I guess we'll see. I guess the thing to watch in this would be moving forward uh, the narrative for Dak Prescott because uh, Dak Prescott's yeah. kind of I'm <laughs> so Eagles fans spoke this one to, into existence they've been doing it all year where Carson Wentz had a bad first 18 games of his career and then he just completely turned it around um they talked about Dak Prescott regression when he wasn't regressing and then over the past month it's just kind of fallen apart for Dallas for a multitude of reasons but uh, Dak hasn't been helping at all either so I um, see
0: with Dak I I really think he's only had two bad games like the I thought versus Atlanta, he was fine. It was just more of a situation where yeah, you know, those outlier Office games happen where you give up eight sacks. And I don't know. You're going to lose those games for the most part. Unless you're the Chargers last year and you get nine sacks in a game versus the Browns and you still lose. But that's just some Charger shit happening. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think it's kind of an overreaction. He's had two bad games. Uh, and, you know, if two bad games erases literally everything he did before this for you, then... That's fine, and I'll probably guess that you're an Eagles fan, but uh, I'm not worried about Dak. I, I I think that what's happened with the Cowboys team is, you know, you just see like how far the the drop off is from their starters to their backups, and you, usually you know most teams they will have that that drop off, but for the Cowboys it's so severe you lose your middle linebacker and your entire defense falls apart, and you know it it shouldn't be like that, your team shouldn't be built like that they they really just have no depth uh, really anywhere on their roster and I think that that's showing with like the recent luck of injuries and suspensions that they've had but I, I still do expect them to take care of Washington at home
1: Yeah and the, I, I feel like we can pat ourselves on the back for that one a little bit Because we called that with Dallas, where we were like, "This team is a good team." The only issue with this is that they have no depth behind them at all. That was our big thing: that more free agent, basically more more free agents who made like three million dollars or more per year, walked out on their team than any other team in the league, especially on their defense on the defensive side of the ball. And then they were going to play a hard schedule. So it was like, it's not that this team isn't talented; it's just uh, this just they're not not good. They're not good enough, and uh, we're seeing that now. So what would you think? I just want to say this one thing real quick. So Washington is kind of, they're kind of like labeled as like a frisky team. You know what I mean? But if we had, if the expectations were different for Dallas, we would be saying the same thing, right? So like just talking about the spread, I don't necessarily see, like I understand why a frisky team would be favored short on the road on a Thursday night game, right? But I don't see why against this Dallas team it would be because I think they're ba- I mean, if nothing else, they're even, right? And if they're even, that should be a five-point line swing right now. So I think Dallas plus two is a pretty safe bet. Yeah, I'm I'm
0: with you. So uh, the next game we have is the Detroit Lions at the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are a three-point favorite, and we are both on the lines. I mean, the Ravens. I don't. I don't. I think their defense is definitely good, but. That offense, it's so hard for them to do anything, like whether it's yards or points, uh, passing, running. They really, really struggled to move the ball. And I, I
1: just don't see them staying ahead of the Detroit team, even at home. I, what was it? Joe Flacco averaged like three yards per dropback, like three, three yards and change per dropback and won a game last week. Like that's just, I, I have no idea. That was a Monday night game, too, right? Yeah. So, like off of a short, short week, um, not great, Detroit's coming off of a long week, so i I don't really, I don't really understand this one too much. I mean, I feel like you can go through Detroit's losses and there isn't really like a horrible loss on it either. like they lost a close game to Minnesota, and it's like, okay, you know what I mean, and they, yeah. they beat them early in the year, so it's not like I, I kind of think Detroit is closer to like the Los Angeles Rams than I think people want to admit, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah,
0: I, I can buy that.
1: I, I don't. think Cause, cause when, they want, when they want, when they want, when they want to push the ball down the field, they can. That's the weird thing, right? Is the whole Jim Bob Cooter, who I guess they said is like halfway thinking about the, ten, the University of Tennessee job that has been passed on, passed up by fifty different people by this point. Yeah, and,
0: I mean that could be a whole podcast episode itself. It's just, it's just. Cutcliffe said no. Cutcliffe
1: said no. I'm good at at Duke. Yep. And it looked like they missed out on uh, Jeff Brown, too, right? That's what they said after they missed out on uh, Mike Gundy. So oh, I think I, I think I think the guys are uh, Mike Leach, who was rumored like five coaches ago, uh, T. Martin, who is the offensive coordinator at USC, and then I can't remember who the other guy is. But yeah, basically, there's like no one left.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, at this point, it, it just I would just uh, hire T. Martin and just get it over with. Uh, let's see. The next game is the Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are a seven point home favorite and that's ridiculous because the Titans are awful. And, uh, we are both on the Houston Texans lane seven on the road.
1: Yeah. Uh, dude, Tennessee, Tennessee's record might be good, but that team is not good at all. If you take away one of Demarco Murray's carries, I think he's averaging like two yards and change, uh, on the year. Um, Adore Jackson, the first three weeks of the year, uh, if not for one, one uh, basically like a blown holding call, um, Adore Jackson would have had the longest you know play from sc- play, play uh, in the game for the Tennessee Titans three weeks in a row to start off the year. He's basically the running back three right now. Marcus Mario is having the worst uh, season of his career. Uh, not even really close. Like Marcus Mariota has been better every year in his career than this year, and this year is somehow the the year that this Tennessee Titans team uh, is pushing for a playoff bid, which I really don't understand at all because they can't make plays in the backfield on the defensive side of the ball. So it's like you're looking at everything. They have really no standout receiver. I mean, they're running basically the the entire offense to tight ends and running backs. Uh, there's a couple of bad teams that are doing that, like Baltimore, Chicago. Um, So I I just don't really understand where this love for Tennessee is coming from other than Tom Savage is on the other team, which sure, whatever, like Tom Savage is not a good quarterback. um, But he's been keeping it close with some of these teams and he's won. I think they won a blowout game in the past month, I wanted to say. Was it against like Arizona or something? I can't remember. I think it was
0: Um, versus Arizona. They had a pretty good game.
1: Yeah. So I, I really just don't understand why this line is that high other than the fact that Tennessee's record has a high number higher number than Houston's at this point
0: yep and I mean I I think Tennessee is really just awful and it's so jarring or not jarring because we've I mean we've we've talked about this a lot on air and off air but NFL coaches they do dumb stuff all the time and just watching the way that the Titans are using DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry when Henry has like way more yards in like yards. He's like his yards per touches blows DeMarco Murray out the door. But DeMarco Murray is still getting more touches than him, and it, it it doesn't make sense. It feels like they don't really know what they want to be on offense, but they keep winning, so they no, don't I, have to fix I, it. Uh, and I I think that this is a team that maybe they get into the playoffs. Uh, maybe even win the division. Because I mean hell they, they are seven and four and they do have the tie break over they're Johnson the three,
1: right they're, now. The three seed, they're the three seed in the AFC. Right yeah now. i mean
0: i i still think they lose whatever wild card game they have though they're, this is not a good football team they just happen to have a good record
1: yeah so uh let's play a game called how many how many teams in the nfc would you would you say that tennessee would be favored against how many so teams
0: I, in the nfc um, yeah how many
1: teams in the NFC are worse than Tennessee in your opinion? Because so I think I would go Giants Giants 49ers, 49ers. Arizona probably maybe. I'll, but Arizona's yeah, another fraudulent record too. And then Tampa Bay Yeah I, I, Tampa's kind of pushing it for me because I, th- I think, which is weird because I've been very pro pro Mariota has been better than Jameis Winston up until this year um, Yeah, I don't know. So this is a bottom five team in the NFC, and there's a three seed in the AFC. It's just fucking chaos in the NFL. The the
0: AFC is is garbage. And, uh, I mean, on the scale of, like, uh, a watchability sense, this doesn't seem, like, super-duper watchable to me.
1: Texans at Titans— it could be like stupid watchable, like oh, so, so like someone ran a fake punt but really badly. You know what I mean? Like, or like so, one of those so, games
0: where uh, Clowney goes off and you're like, okay, I'll, I'll sit here and watch Clowney wreck shit for a little bit.
1: But. Yeah, Clowney should be an All Pro guy too. I agree. Like yeah. people are underrating him. I wrote that I wrote that for uh, Bleacher Report One Thousand a couple of weeks ago, where I was like, you guys aren't really understood Like, it's not necessarily showing up in the stat sheet the same way that it is for like Chandler Jones or someone like that. But uh, Jadavion Clowney's just fucking beating the shit out of these offensive linemen right now.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we're both on the Texans for that game. The next game is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Green Bay Packers. The uh was it the Bucks are one half point favorite. You're taking Green Bay. I want nothing to do with this game. Like I don't even want to know that this game exists.
1: Um playoff push, bro. Last uh last day dude, there are people in my mentions, Packers fans that were mad cuz the, pa- the that's how the Packers season ended, right? Like I feel like we can all agree on that. Like if you have six losses already you're you're out of the playoff race in the nfc but there's still like a glimmer of hope i think uh 538 has it as like 2.4 percent or something like that and pack fans are in my match it's hard talking about why i'm quitting on this team and then they asked me if i was doing the same thing last year when they were able to pull through when they were five and five and six or whatever and i was like they had they had aaron Rodgers last time guys yeah, what what we I like. I was like. I don't feel like. I'm still gonna end up watching these goddamn games because football football fans are fans, But um, like not having emotional interest in like is my team going to make the playoffs or not? Kind of feels fucking liberating to be honest. Um, i to say Green Bay just because. So if this game were in Tampa, it would be seven and a half points. I feel like that's just a little too high, especially considering the fact that like Brett Hundley now looks like Brett kind of torched a really good Pittsburgh Steelers defense which is really weird because he's had some horrible games down the stretch. So I don't know. We, we'll, we'll see how I feel. Um, I unfired Mike McCarthy after this week. We'll see how I feel after this – you know, before this week. I'll see how I feel after this week, and then they have the Browns. So if they if they lose to Tampa and the Browns back-to-back, just goodbye, Mike McCarthy.
0: Yep. All right, so uh, moving on to the – uh, next game, we have the Denver Broncos taking on the Miami Dolphins. The Broncos are a one-and-a-half-point row favorite. We are both on the Dolphins mainly because, I mean, the, the Broncos might be the worst team in the NFL. Uh,
1: They've <laughs> they won one game since week two.
0: They're awful. Uh, John we, John Elway has – I feel like John Elway has not taken enough heat for how he's handled that quarterback situation since Peyton left.
1: It's because he's got beautiful teeth. That's <laughs> It's <laughs> it's some beautiful teeth and some Super Bowl rings, man. That that shit that shit will change lives. Um, yeah, man. Like I, I feel like Miami is not a good team. Uh, but if you're making Denver a road favorite, like fuck, I have to take the Miami Dolphins. Um, how, how low would you have to think? Like how many teams are even in the conversation with as with being as bad as the Denver Broncos? There's the Browns, the Colts, and the, the Giants. I guess. Fuck. But even uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's – yeah, that's not – it's just not good. Just for, like a, for, from a viewership standpoint, this game has no playoff implications at all. Just stay the fuck away. I guess Miami has an off shot at getting into the AFC. They do. Oh, if they win – oh, my God. <laughs> that's so nasty, man. Because that's what happened – remember last year? Last year the Miami Dolphins stumbled into the playoffs like with a backup quarterback. I would f- – I'd kill myself if I had to see that again. Because it's just like a waste of AFC playoff games. I remember – Oh, it? it was Oakland with a backup quarterback, Houston with a horrible quarterback, and then Miami with a backup quarterback, right? I want to say that those were those were the options and then like the next the like the team the, the what would have been the 7th seed in the AFC, I believe, was the Titans with a backup quarterback. I think that's correct. So like goddamn, like I wish just the AFC just really wants to ruin fucking wildcard weekend for us, man. Yep. For like two years in a row.
0: And I mean they are well on their way. It, I I say that until the AFC championship game, we just completely ignore the AFC playoffs and just focus on the NFC because I I am actually pumped for, the, especially the way that the NFC South looks like he's going to finish up. Uh, with you know, the Falcons still have to play the Saints twice, the Panthers once, and the Bucks once. And, you know, you got the Saints got two games against the Falcons. It, it's going to be really exciting to see how that one. Kind of pieces itself together, and we've got a lot of heavyweight matchups in the next couple of weeks. I mean, we we got Atlanta, Minnesota on Sunday, uh, Philly versus the Rams on Sunday too. So, is it, the NFC race is actually gonna be fun? But let's just let's just not even pretend the AFC exists until we get to the AFC championship game. But the next game is the New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. The Patriots are a nine point favorite, and I am taking the Patriots on the road to Cup that spread. You're taking the Bills. Why do you choose so?
1: it's just a lot of points. 9 points means that in New England they would be 16 point favorites, which good fucking god. Um Buffalo kind of got their shit figured out last week. I haven't gone back and, you know, grinded out the film, eaten the film yet, but you know, they they've really been struggling in the ground game since Marcel Darius left, and that that wasn't necessarily the case last week, so I'm, you know, kind of interested in going back to it, but it seems like they've kind of gotten on the right step you know they they figured out that Tyrod Taylor is actually their best quarterback on the team very very uh you know innovative thought by McDermott who you know has Bill Belichick power like he looks across he looks across the sideline and sees Bill Belichick and they have you know as equal swing for their franchise which is fucking crazy cuz McDermott was a fucking defensive coordinator last year yep
0: i i just don't trust the bills at all uh I I, I kind
1: of I just like the matchup with the, the Bills. I think the Bills last year were the only team that beat New England by multiple scores. I think they won. I'll check this right now. I think yeah. they won like thirteen to zero or something. It was a very weird game. Yeah, that, I think that was a Brissett game, though, wasn't it? Count it. How, how 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 many points do you think is the difference between Jacoby Brissett and Tom Brady right now? I don't
0: know. I'm no. I mean, right now I don't know, but last year, like fifty thousand. But uh, <laughs> uh. I, I, I just don't trust the Bills at all, and I I, I mean, if you watch the Patriots' passing attack, I mean they are just unbelievably vicious right now. They're they're first in uh, adjusting net yards per attempt value like by a mile, and the Bills' defense has just been trending down over the past month. So I I, I honestly think the Patriots blow them out on the road. Uh, maybe Tyrod does enough to keep it interesting for a couple quarters, but I expect like a two touchdown victory for New England.
1: I I. I kind of hope so, just because we can finally, like, it's gotten to a weird point where, like, Tom Brady's underrated in the MVP conversation right now. I have no idea how the fuck we got there, but Tom Brady should be the MVP. Like, it's basically, I mean, up until recently, it's basically been him against the world. And, you know, he's been winning more times than not.
0: Yep. Uh, So the next game, we have the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are a three-point home favorite. You were on the Vikings. I'm on the Falcons. Why are you on the Vikings?
1: They're the they're the best team in football. That's why. Now you have to explain yourself. So you're a big you're a big Atlanta fan right now because you just got like rejuvenated hope that they might make the playoffs. But they got a fucking hell stretch in front of them, man.
0: Yeah, they do. But uh, I think they, I, I think they take care of business.
1: I don't know. This is just a team where they're
0: kind of finding their groove. And what's kind of giving me hope is uh, early in the season they. They weren't even beating the teams they were supposed to beat. Like they would they had that game against Miami where they were held scoreless in the second half and then they had that game against uh New England where they didn't score until there was like four or five minutes left in the game. And when you look at that collection of talent, that's just something that should never, ever happen. But they started to get their, their shit figured out over the past three weeks. I mean, they've won four out of their last five. I just think that you know if you look at the trends over the past couple seasons Dan Quinn they they start out hot and they get cold in the middle and then they finish out hot they did the same thing last year they start like 4 and 1 and then uh went on that streak in, into the playoffs last season it just feels like they're kind of catching the groove at the right time they're they're pretty healthy outside of Trufant uh a victim of friendly fire by Keanu Newell your favorite player in the NFL and uh i don't know it just feels like the tackles <laughs> I don't know. I, I like I liked how uh, the Falcons defense matches up with uh, the Vikings offense if Trufant plays, and I, I think that Sark is kind of figuring out what to do on offense, and mainly that's just throw throw the ball at Julio Jones. So I just, I just kind of like where the Falcons are trending, and I mean, I mean it's not like the Vikings are trending down whatsoever, but I just think at home Falcons got the momentum to get this done.
1: Yeah, and they figured out that they only have they have to uh, line you know Mohamed Sanu up at. Quarterback to throw the ball to Julio Jones to get him a <laughs> touchdown. So, dude, I was so happy with Demaryius Randall. He had, he had the play called back, but he had an interception return for a touchdown. And I was like, that means like quarterbacks have thrown him as many touchdowns as Julio Jones. Like still for another fucking week. And I was so happy. And then they called it back and I was like, gosh, fucking damn it. Um, I gave you homework a couple weeks ago and told you to watch Cincinnati, Tennessee. You watched fucking zero seconds of it. Uh, I'm going to give you homework for this game. You need to tell me how many times Minnesota runs on second and short, because I was looking at numbers uh, yesterday night because I'm a lamo. and Minnesota like by far runs the most on second and short. It's something like a 26 to one split, and the one the one pass that they had was like one yard out of the end zone, and it was a Case kingdom, you know touchdown pass. So you you need to look out for for that for me, because um, basically Minnesota's just automatic. They're just like yep. Second and short, and we're just gonna do like the big old old school style football thing. You line up with a fullback and just punch it down your throat. Yeah, and it's it's like always zone plays too.
0: It's so funny watching the the Vikings offense because I mean they're first in the sack percentage, but I don't I still don't think they have a great offensive line. It's just crazy like what Case Keenum is able to do back there. I think uh, he has like the highest pressure evasion rate by far in the league according to PFF. So like even he's getting job.
1: next five years. Like, he's locked up contracts for five oh, years.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He, he's he's done for the rest of his life. Like, he just,
1: he made a ton of money this season. Um, he's, going to, he's going to be the University of Houston's largest largest booster after this. <laughs> I mean, hey,
0: it's it's honestly amazing that as soon as Keenum and Goff get away from Jeff Fisher, they're, they're like functional football players again.
1: What, who? Oh, shit. I can't remember who it was. They oh they didn't, they didn't announce who it was, um, but there was a rumor that uh, Arizona State was not only considering Herm Edwards, they were looking at someone else in the NFL, and everyone's mind went straight directly to Jim Fisher or Jeff Fisher. I'd be here for it just so we can laugh at him, but I mean,
0: Jeff Fisher can stay away forever for all I care. Um, the next game we have is the San Francisco San Francisco Forty Nineers at the Chicago Bears. The Bears are a three-point home favorite, and we are both on the 49ers covering that three-point spread. I don't
1: think – so San Francisco had probably I, – I don't know what Jimmy Garoppolo is, and I don't know how his career is going to turn out. But I'm confident in saying on Sunday he's going to have – you know, they're going to have the quarterback advantage.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's better – yo know, okay, so there's still a question mark surrounding Garoppolo, Uh towards the future, but I I think we can be pretty confident in saying he's better than C.J. Beathard.
1: Wow, just throwing sunshine under the bus like that. I mean, he he was
0: fun in the preseason, but he's been been abysmal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's been horrible, you don't have to tell me. And then the, the funniest thing was just seeing my car on red zone at the end of the game. Where they're like just live looking, like there, there's no reason that they need to be checking in on that game that late. They're just like live looking on like Jimmy Garoppolo, and like he just like completes three passes, including a touchdown. Like, well, yep, that's it. Like yep. you could, it was it was minus five thousand that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to start this week after those three passes. So, yep, I mean he had uh, it was the
0: it was, a, it was a, I think it was the last play of the game. He he threw a touchdown pass, and it was actually into a pretty tight window. It was a nice throw. And then I just thought about, I was like, I mm, haven't seen C.J. Beathard do anything like that for the first, like, whatever, like, like seven weeks that he was playing. So that's going to be Jimmy G pretty easily, and, and, and here we are. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how he fits into the offense, just because I think, like, athletically and stylistically he, he fits well, but we're going to have to see, like, you know, how he actually throws the ball and stuff. I, I'm, I'm, I feel
1: pretty optimistic about it, though. Uh, the, yeah, because the thing about if he plays the next – what is it? Four, or five games? Uh, four games. No, five games. Five games. Five games. He might have more pass attempts than he has, you know, than he's recorded in his entire career. It's like we're we're gonna have a better look, you know, we're gonna have double the look at who Jimmy Garoppolo is at the end of this at the end of this season than you know we've had basically in the first what was it three years of his of his NFL career. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I've gone back and watched some of his Patriots stuff. I don't know. I I, I kind of like him so. I hope he works out because it'd be fun if, if San Francisco didn't have to pick a quarterback at, at, a, at one or two this upcoming draft. Uh, the next game is the Kansas City Chiefs at the New York Jets. The Chiefs are a three-point road favorite, and we're both on the Chiefs. Now, I, I, I don't really have a good explanation as to why you should put your money on the Chiefs because they've been, they've been putrid recently, but maybe Justice has a better reason
1: oh no i mean they've they've lost some games some of them are close um you know just toss ups i I just really think that if this happened a month ago the chiefs would be like 13 point favorites something like that like it would have been astronomically high and it would have been a stupid line and i would have told you to to, uh bet on the Jets. um but if we're talking about you know kansas city just not being able to close out games and losing them at the end i go i'm gonna look up cam newton's passing stats against the uh the Jets, because they were not any fucking good. I thought the Jets should have had that game like ten different times. Okay, so his quarterback rating was uh, fifty nine point eight, and he had a thirty nine point three completion percentage, and he beat the New York Jets last week. Nah, man, you can't trick me. You can't trick me like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, I I just think the uh, like the the Jets. I, I think they're in good hands for the future. Uh, like, I I don't think they need to fire Todd Bowles. Uh, you got a good thing
1: going with John Morton. No. <laughs> No, he 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 kept his. No, no one's done a like. There, there are people who have done impressive coaching jobs, but I think no one's done more for their job security this year than Todd Bowles did.
0: Yeah, and I mean they they've been competitive almost every week. Uh, they are competitive versus New England, versus Atlanta. Uh, I, I I think that he he's done enough to keep his job, and Jets fans should feel good. But I don't. I think the talent swing is heavily favored towards Kansas City this week.
1: Are are the Jets better than the three seed Tennessee Titans? in your opinion.
0: Uh, where are we playing? Where are you playing the game?
1: Uh, Mexico City.
0: Yeah, I think I'll put, I
1: I put money on the Jets to win that game, honestly. Even without ASJ? Because ASJ isn't making it through that game. Uh, He's not making it through week in Mexico City.
0: <laughs> Why are you saying that? Are you saying because... Uh, <laughs>
1: uh, what are you moving on moving on indianapolis jacksonville the jacksonville jaguars are nine and a half point favorites against the road indianapolis colts yeah we're on jacksonville i i i mean i
0: think the Jags are still pretty damn good uh this is a team that's quarterback is probably gonna hold them back from making any real noise in the postseason which is what we were saying since like what march february uh but 2013 yeah 2013 so, so this is I mean, this is the defense that could win the Super Bowl, but unfortunately, you got a lame duck at QB, and that's going to hold you back. But they, they definitely have more than enough firepower to get the job done versus the Colts. Uh, I, the Colts are arguably the worst team in football. Uh, if you said that they were, you, you wouldn't get much argument from me. And I, I think Jacksonville is, is just much, much better than him. So at, at home, I'm definitely going to take a 9.5-point favorite for Jacksonville. And I mean, they blew him out in Indy earlier this year, so this shouldn't be... A hard choice.
1: the The Colts are bad, and they've been bad since I said the Colts' defensive front was going to be the best unit on the field against the Los Angeles Rams.
0: Yep, and we all have <laughs> dumb takes and bad
1: takes. Kiss of death. That's one of the best kiss of deaths ever, though, because they immediately just like, oh yeah, Ty Gurley's back. Yeah, out out the gate just. Oh yeah, Justice is a dumbass and has you, you. No longer get to have any faith on the Colts, and you know all the things that you've said about the Los Angeles Rams are about to get retweeted a thousand times every single weekend.
0: Yep. Uh, so the next game is the Cleveland Browns at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Browns are a fourteen-point road dog. I don't know it. This is Cleveland first, LAC second, but I'm taking yep. uh, I'm taking Cleveland plus fourteen.
1: Yeah, so I've been telling you guys that this is the easiest bet in sports is taking Cleveland in the first half and then taking whoever is playing Cleveland in the second half, (laughs) which means that you have to trust the Los Angeles Chargers in the second half of games. Um, But I I think that's the best bet, man. I really do think that's the best bet because 16 points is too high or 14 points is too high. And I still think that if you drop that into a tease and it's still eight points, I don't know how many teams the Chargers can beat by eight points. I know a lot of people are talking about the Chargers as like a – I've said a lot that basically the divisions are are decided, right? Is Minnesota, New Orleans, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, uh, New England, Jacksonville, Kansas City, and Pittsburgh. Like those things, it, feel, it feels like those divisions and the division leaders have kind of been set in for about a month, right? Um, and I guess you know you can flirt with Jacksonville, Tennessee a little bit, but the dark horse that I keep getting hit with is, don't you believe that the Chargers are gonna, you know, come back and and uh, take the AFC West over the Kansas City Chiefs? And I get, like, the Chargers are, like, 500 or something since, like, week two or something like that. So it's not like they're really blowing any, anyone out of the water. It's just they're less horrible than other AFC teams. But to have them 14-point favorites, I don't know, man. That's that's a shitload of points.
0: Yeah, uh, I just uh, – and that's why I'm taking the Browns. I, I think the Browns have started to look like, like a football team. Like maybe not this past week against the Bengals, but over the past month or so, I mean, even against Jacksonville – they lost that game, but they looked like a like a football team, and uh, I know that that's horrible uh, qualitative analysis, but I, I just I, I kind of trust them to cover that fourteen point spread on the road. And I mean, hey, they beat the Chargers last year, so
1: yeah. And the thing is, uh, the Kaiser's been looking at a lot better in recent weeks, but like the the a, a multiple score loss to Cincinnati is one of the worst games that you can have in the NFL. Like, don't, do not get this wrong. The Cleveland Browns last week had one of their worst losses of the season. So I, I really don't know what to do with that. I, it, this probably would have been a stay-away game for me if I had extra stay-aways to use. Um, but uh, just Cle- Cleveland first half, Chargers second half, Los Angeles Browns second half. Um, just You just got to ride it out. Felipe yeah. Rivera, just try, try to ignore the fact that they completely blew a game last year. You just gotta kind of hide your eyes on that one. Do you think? Do you think there's gonna be more Browns fans or Chargers fans at this fucking game? Browns
0: for sure. <laughs> that's
1: uh, without a doubt. Charles, Browns. Shout out to Jimmy Haslam. Like just, Jimmy Haslam, just I think there's some shit about fraud. I saw Browns fans tweeting about that. J-
0: Jimmy Haslam may not produce wins, but the dude is a mastermind in hope trafficking. You know, in terms of getting people's hopes up that maybe this guy, maybe this team can. Maybe buck the curse, or I, mean, I don't know if that's delusion on the part of the Browns fans. But hey, he gets people to come out to the games every week, and he has done absolutely nothing for them. So he he's kind of a guy in that regard.
1: He he's a big Tennessee booster. Tennessee didn't win a single SEC game, and they're still in, still selling out like a hundred thousand seats. So yep, Magic Man, or um, you know maybe 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 those seats are fraudulent. Who who knows? Who's to say? Who knows?
0: Uh, the next game we have is the Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are a four point home favorite and we are both on the Saints. I mean, I just think the Saints are a lot better than the Panthers, honestly. And I I don't I don't really know what else there's to say about that. Like if you've been watching the teams over the past couple of weeks, I, I know that they uh kinda of shaky game versus the Rams, but I think Lattimore and Crawley were both out, so if you can get Lattimore and Crawley back covering whatever scrubs Carolina has at receiver now. I mean, if you if you think Devin Funches can match up against Lattimore, Godspeed. If you think, like, Russell, Russell Shepard can match up against Ken Crawley, Godspeed. Uh, and I, I think that with the way that the Saints have kind of transformed their offense into, instead of a pass-first offense, now it's a run-first offense backed up by Drew Brees, who's still been a top-five QB this year. I, I, I like the Saints too much at home.
1: Uh, I'm totally there with you. Uh, do you know who is leading the Carolina Panthers in receiving? Uh, uh, is it Ed Dixon? No, he, he's he's third among active guys, though. No, so because when
0: I, when I ran the yards per target value stuff, Ed Dixon is always super-duper high, so that was my guess.
1: 15.3 yards per reception because he had a 64-yard reception, which is the longest. Like, if Ed Dixon is having the longest... If he has the longest reception on your team, you don't have a lot of speed at fucking receiver, man. Like right. that, that kind of that just kind of runs that out. Yeah, Devin Futches has been targeted 50 times and he's caught his. The long was 35, not not a great not a great stat. Um, I do agree with you, man. I, I really do think that this Carolina team, in terms of like their record, like where, where you talk about the NFC South and how everyone basically has a good record other than Tampa Bay Buccaneers and. You know, the question moving forward of, like, how does it all shuffle out? And, like, my immediate reaction when I see those three teams bunch together is, like, oh, Carolina doesn't fucking belong there. Like, you know, regression to the mean will probably get to them. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're just going to drop a couple of these games. Like I said last week, uh, Cam Newton had a, 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 a 59.8 pass rating. He completed 39.3% of his passes, and they still won a game. Uh, that's not going to cut it against New Orleans, whether they're banged up or not. I just think that offense is just too talented. Um, that offensive line is still amazing. When, 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 like you said, when Drew Brees becomes the other guy, when Drew Brees becomes an accessory, that's a fucking problem for your defense.
0: Yep. And, I'm, I mean, the Saints are still, I think I want to say they're top three in adjusting their yards per attempt value. So it's not like their passing game is any slouch. Just their running game has been so good that they can use their passing game as a crutch, which is just, just unbelievable. Um, next game is the Los Angeles Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams are a seven-point road favorite. You're staying away. I'm taking the Rams because the Cardinals suck. Do I need to say anything else?
1: Uh, Gabbard's back.
0: Gabbert's okay. Was- Gabbard's not. He's not. He hasn't been horrible. But I mean, come on, man. I I, I think the Rams have a case. Like if you if if someone told me they thought the Rams were the best team in football, I I. I I wouldn't be too upset at them, but
1: Eagles fans would have killed that person, so that that person had to go into witness protection. So, I don't want to worry about that.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm in on the uh, the Rams. I, I like them this week. Uh, yeah, and the Cardinals. They beat the Jacksonville, but I, I, that was just that was just a Blake Bortles But
1: Let, Let's let's run through let's run through the Cardinals. So this is what I'm talking about. So let's run through the Arizona Cardinals wins this year. Blake they're, Bortles they're... was so bad in that game. <laughs> They're mostly fraudulent. Oh, yeah, Blake Bortles tried to throw that game away bad. So here are their wins. They won an overtime against the Indianapolis Colts, who are not good. They won overtime against the San Francisco 49ers. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are not good. They also beat the San Francisco 49ers again. And then they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars by, by what was it, a field goal at the end of the game, I wanted to say?
0: Yeah, about a field goal.
1: Yeah, so they won. They beat San Francisco by 10, uh, Tampa by 5. Jacksonville by three, and then two overtime games against the 49ers Colts. That's not a good fu- – like, they don't have one one solid win on in that other than that Jacks game. So they're coming off the best game of the season is what you just saw from the Arizona Cardinals. This seems super fraudulent. You were telling me about uh, Football Outsiders was saying that they have the worst running game in modern football or something?
0: Yeah, so since, uh, since Football Outsiders started recording uh, – like – run offenses and uh they have they have uh every you know stack going back to 1986 and so far the Cardinals are on pace to have the worst rushing offense in the football outsiders like recorded era so since 1986 the Cardinals have the worst rushing offense and that's not surprising when you just think about what, what they can do and what they have on offense I mean they have they're, they're trying out like a 70 year old Adrian Peterson with no offensive line and you got blank blank gabard at quarterback that's that's, I feel like that's all you need to say about it.
1: Not great. And they're taking deep shots on, on second and short. I'll say that. Yep. That's what they like to do. They like to, they like to go for the deep ball. The problem is they really like Larry Fitzgerald is by far your best receiver, and he doesn't have likes anymore. So sorry, yep. bud.
0: Uh, next game is the New York Giants at the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders are a nine-point home favorite, which is just obscene. And uh, so we're, we're both on the Giants. I'm I'm ready to start up the Geno train because I think he's going to look solid versus the worst defense in football.
1: Yeah, uh, the, the, what is it? The Oakland Raiders only have one interception on the entire season, so.
0: Yep, like in terms of yards per play value, points per play value, adjusting the yards per uh, attempt value, they're they're awful. They're they're horrific. If uh,
1: if Geno Smith can't get it done against these Oakland Raiders, at least if, if he throws like multiple interceptions, right? We know it's over. Like it'll be it'll be good closure for the Geno Smith truthers. Um, yeah, 9. I mean, It's probably over, but I'm still here. Well, let's, let's talk. Let's talk about something real quick. So, would you take the Giants or the Jets right now? The Jets. You take the Jets. Uh, Jets, Oakland. Remember, we teased that to twenty points. Yeah, 25. I
0: don't know. That was that was so early in the season, though.
1: I'm just I'm still hurting from that man.
0: Yeah, you <sighs> you did awful that weekend. Good God.
1: <sighs> I saw my rabbit, bro. The trap
0: tra- rabbit organs. It was <laughs> on the black market. <laughs> ra- <laughs> Had to, to sell black a black market rabbit organs to get all that money back. But yeah, but, a- because, but that I feel like that Jets team and that Raiders team is so different from where we are right now. You know. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I w- I would take the Giants just because the Giants have the worst. Or the Raiders have the worst defense in football. They might have upgraded at quarterback. That remains to be seen. I mean, we both think that Geno Smith could be a capable quarterback if he's given the chance, but uh, he's going to have a chance to show it on Sunday, and we're both on the Giants to cover nine points against an awful Oakland Raiders team on the road. So that feels like a fairly easy bet. And uh, the last two games are part of a tease. We have the Philadelphia Eagles at the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the, C- the Eagles are a six-point road favorite. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Bengals are a 6.5 home dog, 6.5 point home dog. Uh, we are teasing the Eagles down to a pick them. And we are teasing the Bengals up to uh,
1: 12.5. Yep. That, that's easy for me. Um, honestly, that, like seeing Seattle as six point home dogs is super odd. But I think when you look at this Philadelphia Eagles team, I think I would have Minnesota ahead of them, but then after that, it becomes a conversation. Um, and Minnesota, not even by like that much. Like if you were like, yeah, we get, we go argue, and then I'll just be like, yeah, Minnesota's a one-point favorite over Philadelphia because I'm a fucking loser and would argue about shit like that. But getting Philadelphia <laughs> down to a pick them, Seattle's not any fucking good, like no, at all. I don't all. Mean and they're and one. they're hurt. They're hurt and not good now. Like they're they're progressively getting worse. Uh, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. I don't think this is anything. I, I, I can't speak for you, but for me, this is anything more than like Ben Roethlisberger on the road. Yeah, that's it. Easy, easy peasy. Yeah, got and, it. I mean, just we, because, we we agreed a lot this week. I know we did, and just when you think about that
0: that Seahawks, uh, Eagles game, I mean, obviously, you know, Seattle six point underdogs is a lot because they they've just been so good at home, uh, really since Pete Carroll got there. But just think about it, you know, no Richard Sherman, no. Uh, no Cam Chancellor, no Cliff Averill, uh Jaron Reed. He's been banged up, so it's a really banged up defense. You're going against uh, the Eagles, who are first, I mean, by far in terms of points per play value. So I just, I just think that the uh, the Eagles have enough firepower to get it done. But that six point line at Seattle does feel like a lot. So we're gonna tease it down to a pick them.
1: Yep. All right. So let me run through, run through our picks. Are Dallas Cowboys, Detroit Lions, Houston Texans, Miami Dolphins, San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs, Jacksonville Jaguars, Cleveland Browns, New Orleans Saints, New York Giants, and then our with the Philadelphia Eagles and Cincinnati Bengals. I feel kind of sick. Like that That's a pretty, pretty bad run of teams, but these lines are getting so high and ridiculous at this point in the season. And then my Green Bay Packers, Buffalo Bills, Minnesota Vikings, and your New England Patriots, Atlanta Falcons, Los Angeles Rams. I feel worse about that. You got the you got the Patriots, Falcons, and Rams. Ugh. Oh, yeah. you're probably gonna have a better than me this week. Yeah, it is what it but is. But the good news is we went undefeated last week. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Same team parlay, and we're we're millionaires now.
0: <laughs> Maybe we should just throw together a big parlay and just see what happens.
1: We'll lose money. Let me yeah. spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what we'll do. We'll lose more <laughs> than we already are.
0: So uh, that's going to conclude episode 61 of Set in the Edge. We'll be back uh, next week with a guest or our picks
1: for week 14. Godspeed. Hope your wallets don't die.